Welcome to the King's Healing Room Podcast, where we are a kingdom ministry within global presence. We are located at 4326 Pharaoh in Syracuse, New York, 13219, where the executive pastor is Elder Yulon Jones and the senior pastor and founder is Bishop Brian K. Hill Sr. All are welcome. Lord, can we uh, have a little bit of open face music while we are setting up, please? Amen. 
much. God, who is the author and the finisher of my faith, has proven over and over again that he can take the foolish things to confound the wise. And it was intriguing to me as I did this study that the scriptures often validated that our experience, and particularly the revelation of our experience, is found right there in his word. This, this word, this word of God. If you have an experience, your experience can be found right here. Because in this Bible, it says that everything that was, that is, and that is to be, is found right here in the Bible. Now, there are juxtaposed positions in life, but juxtaposed meaning that you are navigating the same experience in different places. Life and death is in the power of your tongue. So how you experience your blind spot is going to be how you speak about it. So let us now draw some inspiration from two women, two amazing women, can I hear it? Can I hear it? Two amazing women in the scripture. One had much and one had little. But what joined them together was their reaction to their blind spot. So I ask you all today to turn to 2 Kings and read from 4, 1 through verse 17. And you'll find in that time, in that passage, you'll find the widow's experience. So verse 4 says, Now there cried a certain woman of wives of the sons of the prophets of Elijah, saying, Thy servant, my husband, is dead. And thou knowest that thy servant did fear the Lord, and the creditor is come to take unto him my two sons to be the bondsmen of him. She just hit and experienced a blind spot. And then, what we learn from that passage between chapter 1 and chapter 7, and I do encourage you all to read it, when you encounter a blind spot, as this woman did, you will cry out to the Lord. A blind spot will cause you to look into, to question, wait a minute, why am I here? This woman said, Prophet, my servant, she spoke about the issue. She said, my servant, your servant, my husband, he died. He separated from us. And you knew that he was a servant unto you. Let me not get ahead of myself. I'm already excited. Uh, she cried out to the prophet. That means that she had a connection with the man of God. She had a connection with him that will treat that she had a relationship with him. So when I say, my husband, your servant, we have a relationship with you. And if we serve you, then there is an expectation that there's something that's going to come. If I notice when I read this passage even further, she was familiar with the man of God, but I don't know if the man of God was familiar with her. When we go back into that time frame, the husbandman was believed, he continues to be believed, but in that space, women were to the back seat. So she may have known all 
day in and day out, but he may not have known about what she was doing. She was in distress clearly by saying, my husband is dead. And as Psalms states, I called upon the Lord in my distress, and he answered me and set me in a large place. Have you ever been in an experience where something vexed your spirit so much where all you could do was call upon the Lord Jesus? Where something was so distressful where you say, hey, you told me. You told me when I served you or my husband served you or my mother served you. You have an obligation to me. You can't just walk off. And then she cried out. She called out in distress. She recognized at that moment that this blind spot is here. Let me put it another way. You're traveling along the highway. It's a brisk winter day. The snow is falling down and you're driving through this pathway. And then all of a sudden, this vehicle comes on the side. It's a vehicle that has really good wheels and it's going really fast. Like you're putting them on trying to stay in your lane. And it comes going boom, right on the side. Right at the moment that you are prepared to shift lanes. Let me put it another way. You're going along your career and every
process. I'm going to blend up a plunder, lay down a plunder and wake up a wonder without them. So everybody has to help in this thing. Sometimes when that burden is too heavy to address, we have to get the participatory from those in our family. Amen, 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 amen. Go borrow the clay pots. Go borrow them from everywhere, from your neighbors, empty vessels, and gather not just a few. It's amazing that she didn't say go borrow vessels that are full, that could help out. She said go borrow those vessels that are empty, those vessels that are hungry, when I have a team and I pick a team, I pick people who are hungry, people who have a desire to move, people who have a desire to be filled. When I pick a team, you don't have to have all the right skill sets. You don't have to be the best at what you do. But what you do have to have is that internal drive that is going to fill that place of emptiness. You gotta be hungry. You gotta wanna be filled. You gotta be wanna be a part of the number. Because I could have gone to your house or your house to get a vessel, and you said no. But the fact that she came back with many vessels shows that she had some clout within the community. Because they gave her the vessels. She had to have savviness to say, you give me your vessels, I have need of them. And I can imagine that she didn't give a lot of instruction. Give me your vessels. So there has to be a piece of faith that comes in there as well. If I come to you, brother, and I say, I don't have need of you. That's almost like in Matthew, when the Lord Jesus said, go and tell them to untie the coat, because the master has need of it. Sometimes we ask too many questions. Why do you need it? What's going on here? No, there's a need. Send that money. There's a need. Send that thing. And that's what this is saying. They lift up. They said, this woman about to die, and I'm sure that by the time she reached the church, I'm sure by the time she reached the prophet, that there were a number of individuals that knew her state of what she was in at that moment. Amen? So she had a need. He said, go out and get all of those who believe in faith. Because you have to believe in faith when you're willing to give them nothing to make something. Amen? They gave them nothing. They gave it to her. Now, I started thinking about a complex. If you can picture in your mind, like a uh, hilltop where it's called rolling greens at this moment. A uh, hilltop is a big, gigantic, massive apartment, and there's a number of people who live in it. And it's not always the best place to live, uh, but it is a stepping stone at times for people to live. So if you have all of these houses next by next, and you have somebody as a need. When I was younger, I remember them going and knocking on the door of one house to the next house. You got some sugar? You got some oil? You got some milk? All right. Maybe I live in the hood or in the neighborhood as I get older, but it took a community to come together to fill a need. Amen. It took a community to make sure that your little was made much when we came together. But with that, 
pertains to life and happiness. Now let me go back up the hill side. So she brought the oil. Somebody else brought the flour. And somebody else brought the water. Amen. And somebody else brought the eggs. So we didn't have eggs back then. Right. But they were able to come together in a communal state and provide the need to move the blind spot. This woman, in her sheer state of obedience, became abundantly wealthy. Then the other piece that I pulled out of that passage is her sons. Her sons. Can you imagine participating in your deliverance and participating in your legacy of wealth? And that's what was happening 
proclaim the word of God and it comes to pass. So she knew that that prophet had value. He wanted to make sure that he rewarded her obedience with something that she didn't have. And he paused. He said, what do you have need of? She said, I have everything. Can you imagine being in that state? Oh, Jesus. I have everything that represents you as a state of peace. And he went further into legacy. He took that peace further and went to legacy and said, hmm, she didn't have any children. By this time next year, you're going to have a son. That spoke to the inner person of her. Because women, and there's several of us in here, we know that when there's a desire of our heart, when there's something that we're yearning for, we're not necessarily going to tell anybody what that is. We're going to hold it. We might put it to the side. We might say, you know what? I probably never, ever will have it. We might resolve in our spirit that I'm just going to enjoy my life because that's not going to come to me. But when there's a man of God or a woman of God that speaks to that issue, that speaks to that desire, that draws it out to make you believe again, to make you see those things that you have not seen before, and say, you know what? That's what you're going to get. The very thing that you asked for, that's the thing you're going to get. And what I love about him saying your son is because a son represents legacy. A son represents the opportunity that your life will be carried on and you'll be able to impart into someone else. You'll be able to impart in your name. The creation of your name will carry on. It will carry on. It will carry on. It's the legacy. That's what that meant. So when he said, this time next year you're going to have a son, he said, your legacy shall begin. Your legacy of kindness. Your legacy of selfishness. Your legacy of providing to someone else. When you did not have to. That legacy is going to live on. And she said, no, my Lord, I don't want it. How many of you all have been in that place where it comes right to your door that God said, here it is. This is for you. You're like, I do not want it. I do not want the responsibility that comes along with it. I don't want it. How many have shunned said, no, Lord, not me. I'm not ready. She said, and as older as she was, she said, I don't want the responsibility. Having a child is a responsibility. Having a dream, there's a responsibility there. Having someone depend upon you, there's a responsibility. And I'm guarantee you that many, if they could, say, I don't want it, and walk away and not feel the urge or the purge of the Lord, they would just keep on walking. She didn't want to have the responsibility, but she did want to have the blessing. And a year later, she did have that child. Now, what connects this woman with the woman of oil is this particular woman, the Shunammite woman, and she's called the Shunammite woman just because of the region in which she lived. She had her child. He lived to be about, maybe about five at that time he was, because he was running. And one day, her blessing, her love bucket, her little love 
went out to his father with the reaper and had a really, really challenging headache. The father was working as most men do and said, take him to his mother. The baby, the young boy, the lad, sat on his mother's lap until noon and he died, though. He died. She had experienced her blind spot. She wasn't expecting it. I'm sure that the young man wasn't sick or ill. But he sat on her lap and he passed. She did something that I will marvel at for the rest of my born days. She took the lap, put it on the man of God's bed, shut the door. Remember that? Shut the door again. All right? Meaning she closed up. She shut the door of her mouth. And she got moving. She said, honey, I need, a, I need somebody to take me with me. I'm going to need. He said, why do you want to see the prophet today? Is it Sunday? Is it Saturday? He's still working, y'all, because he's out there in the field. She said, it's well. It is well. It is well. And she got that man. She told that man, don't you stop. You keep on going. I'm going to go. When she got to the prophet, Came up to the prophet, she said, hey! He was like, oh, I see, I see that she's a good woman. Go on up and greet her and see what's wrong with her. See, sometimes there's then somebody else. Somebody else ain't going to be help often. She shut her mouth. She said, no, I, I know you are right, Jehovah, but I have to get to him. It's him. He's the one that told me. The Lord is the one that told me this. So, yep, I know you, I know you were sent to encourage me, but right now, I'm going to need to get to him, 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 Jesus, him. I need to get to him. He's the one that messed with that spirit. He's the one that got into my business. He's the one that had me hope beyond hope, move beyond my circumstance, trust what I didn't want to trust. It's him. I got to get back to him. I got to remind him. And she got up to that man and died, and she fell to his feet. He said, listen. He said, Jehoshaphat, go on back. Lay, lay the staff on the man. She said, I'm not leaving you. I'm not leaving you. I'm not letting go to get blessed. Amen. I'm leaving So we can stay right here. What I love about a mother's love, she held on. And she was willing to stay right there until action occurred. She ushered. She ushered action. And what it reminds me of is the woman with the issue of blood that she pushed past. Pushed past her grief. Pushed past her issues to touch his burden. Can you imagine being in the face of Jesus? Being in there, crying, sobbing all out, knowing what you got at home. I got a dead
walks and paints the room. Mothers and fathers have just ever been time and you just pace the floor and you just moan and groan and you say, Lord, 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 how is this going to be together? How am I going to get back home? How am I going to do this? He can handle those questions. Amen. He can handle those questions. What I love about this passage of these two women is that it involves a legacy. It involves more than them. They were selfless. It involved the children because the children are what we are parting, parting into for our future. And they believe so much into our future that they were willing to lay it off on the line. They were willing to move beyond themselves for the benefit of others. They were willing to get into the faith of the Lord and cry out and deal with the blind spot. I love it, I love it, I love it. There were a couple of points that this Shunammite woman did that even in the midst of her storm, even in the midst of a dead situation, she shut the door. I need us to shut our mouths speaking about the negative situation. She did the example of what God wants us to do. Shut the door and get the movement to his name. about me. 
He will come and see about my scenario, and he will come and see about my family. Amen? Again, her blind spot experience caused her to cry out, to yearn out, and to take action in a place that ultimately brought life to a dead situation. I want you all to read 2 Kings 4, verses 18 to 37. When you read that, you'll get the experience of what that Shunammite woman went and experienced. In closing, here's some closing thoughts that I want to leave you all with, beloved. As we travel through our life, each and every one of us are going to undoubtedly experience some blind spots. We're going to hit them. So when you know that, it's going to be your response that contributes to your experience. And so I want you to remember four things. One, acknowledge that the blind spot exists. Acknowledge it and be aware that there is a blind spot. Then, activate your faith. Your faith is your belief system. And take all matters to the Lord and particularly those that weigh heavy upon your heart. Take them to the Lord and shut your mouth. Three, accept the instructions which will lead to anticipated outcomes that were designed and predestined by God. He predestined it from the end because he knew what the end would be. And then fourth, always remember it is well. It is well. I thank you all today. It is well. It is well. As you go throughout your week, remember, it is well. I might experience this blind spot, but it is well. It might be chaotic at work, but it is well. Can y'all say it? It is well. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. It is well with my soul. I thank you, Lord. I thank you. If we can stand, we are going to uh, worship in exuberance as we get ready to journey outside this dome on today. Amen. He came quick. He came swift. And if he didn't do it for you, he cut me like a Jitsu knife when I was cutting him. Uh, it is well. It is well, it is well. As we bow and pray, as we move into our benediction, Father God, I thank you. I thank you for your word that was uh, declared on today. I thank you that it shall accomplish all which you sent it to do. I thank you for tying all little pieces together in a cohesive manner, understandable manner. And I thank you, oh God, for making it work. I thank you for continuing to share with us that it is well in spite of calamity, in spite of challenges, in spite of despair, that when you are in our lives, we can proclaim it is well with my soul. I thank you, Father, for giving us the instruction on today to shut our minds and to go inside the Lord and to give you all of our challenges and then take action tell us to do. And then accept the outcome of what you have said. And Father, I thank you that as we begin 
if there's some in this house or some across the airways that desire to know you more, that they can acknowledge that you are Lord and Savior in their life. They can accept that you came and died again for their sins. They can confess that you rose again on the third day and proclaim that they are saved on the day. And if there were one, if there is one that is in social media, that is even in this room on today that has that desire, won't you come? Won't you come? Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Won't you Senior Pastor Bishop Brian K. Hill's senior photo. 
you also can use our text to give. Here how it works. There are five steps. Step one, text GIFT to 1-844-981-2759, which is a unique to the King's Hello Room. Step two, you will receive a text with instructions. Step three, follow the instructions to set up a given account. Step four, text the amount you want to give and the designation. It could be a tithe, offering, or general fund. In step five, you will receive a receipt via email confirming your gift. And here's the last way you can give. You can use PayPal and send your donation to tkhrauthors at gmail.com. That is tkhrouffice at gmail.com. Thank you for listening and remember to subscribe to listen to more messages like the one you have heard. We are the King's Healing Room and we are a kingdom ministry with a global presence.